everybody. Welcome back to Sports and Ish with Miss TV and Vince Edwards. We have so much to discuss uh, as we come into those conference finals. So much excitement going on. Hey, Vince, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Just finished my season over here in France, actually getting ready to head out back to the States soon. So <laughs> change of scenery for me coming up soon. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Cincinnati soon. <laughs> nice. Appreciate it. No problem. How was it wrapping up that season? Um, not the way we wanted to end it, uh, but proud of the progress that was made by us as a team and as an organization. Uh, the team that didn't make the playoffs for like seven straight years. Last night we were one game away. We came up short in overtime, but, uh, you know, it was a team that was getting threatened to be in uh, Division Two next year, and we were able to help them keep it in Pro A. So, for instance, stay in Division One. So, that's always progress to help uh, our organization move forward and just to know you brought more of a winning culture to the program. Nice. That's great. That's great news. Good. All right. So how do you feel about uh, these games? Well, last night the the Lakers mm-hmm. lost to the Nuggets. I don't know yeah. if you caught any of the, uh, the – you probably didn't catch the game. It's way too late for you in France. But I, I – actually, I didn't either. I had to get up and watch the highlights. So I was, I was lost there for a minute. But, yeah, the Lakers lost. It did uh, – and the Nuggets didn't make it easy on him either. So what do you think about that? No. Uh, actually, believe it or not, I actually stayed up and watched the whole game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't sleep last night, especially not after a game. It's hard, impossible. But I just think uh, last night was just a, a testament to the different Nuggets, how good of a team that they are. I think the guys yeah. played really well. Uh, Bruce Brown came off the bench and played obsessionally well for them, along with you know Jokic, who arguably could have been the MVP this year. And Jamal Murray's being Jamal Murray. He's back to, you know, the guy that everybody's been asking where he's been since the bubble. He's that aggressive. Jokic is touching a triple-double at halftime. And then Saw you got that. guys coming off the bench. And KCP got to a great start. KCP is the, was the X factor, in my opinion, because it seemed like every shot he made, he kind of took advantage of it and kind of did the things that he wanted to do. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, okay. Sorry. I, I think... I think that for him was personal. So I think this whole series for him is going to be personal. He's going to be looking to try to get his and uh, be more aggressive. And also Michael Porter Jr. had a really good game. I think where the Lakers made their run and started to come back a little bit was when they were able to put Rory Hachimura, who's been outstanding in the playoffs, one of the best shooters, catch-and-shoot shooters in the playoffs, was able to put him on Jokic because he's more stronger physical and then kind of let AD be the weak side out. So I think that game plan, I think, if I'm coaching or if I'm Darby, I'm, I'm actually looking at that and probably going to start Rui next game just for the simple fact because everything now is a matchup thing. So uh, those are some adjustments that the Lakers I would make right away. I wouldn't even wait around for it. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I'm excited to see how that series turns out. I Abs- think it's gonna absolutely. Be, I think it's going to be at least six, seven games easily. So. That's yeah. what you want anyway. I said, I said Lakers in I said Lakers in six. Yeah, it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good series. <laughs> I don't know how well my prediction is gonna hold up, but it's gonna be a good series. I know we got another great series coming at night. Celtics fan over there. Mm-hmm. Give me your take. Jimmy, playoff oh, Jimmy so is a real so thing. And the yeah. heat are clicking on all cylinders right now. So how are you feeling? Yeah. They are. Horford's defense was so clean on that last game. It just looked so beautiful out there. And, of course, JT, uh, what a magic night for that guy. 
but but Coach Mazzola did say that he's going to start uh, Robbie Williams uh, on this game against the Heat. I think we can look for him to have some some good clean defense out there as well. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I, I believe in Jimmy too. <laughs> I'm a closet Heat fan when it, when they're not playing against the Celtics, so I'm a little bit nervous. Right. I, I'm not going to hide that. <laughs> That's a real yeah. deal for me. Like, ooh. Yeah, it makes things a little hard uh, when you got a guy like that who just – he's so respected around the league for just being a tough, hard-nosed guy, playing hard, putting it in the right way, but gives it a, a thousand percent every time he's on the floor. It's like a few guys in the league that you could really say actually goes out every night when they're on the court, they're going as hard as they could possibly go. I think like him and Westbrook are probably the first two that come to mind when you think of things like that, as much slender as Westbrook gets. Every time he goes on the floor, he puts his heart on the floor. So uh, I think when you got a guy like that, and that's the guy who leads the charge, everybody has to follow. So, And Boston's a well-coached team. You know I mean, guys got a well-placed system, got a good thing going. Jalen Brown's been so consistent that JT's 50-point game is actually overshadowing how consistent Jalen Brown's actually been playing throughout the entire playoffs. So um, I think that deserves – he deserves a lot more credit in that sense. Obviously, when a guy drops the most points in a game seven in NBA history, that's a it's a tough thing not to talk about. But I think <laughs> right? it'd be good. I think it'd be good for them. I mean, honestly, this is the one I'm more I'm more excited about this match than I am the Lakers and the Nuggets. To the truth be told, so I can't wait to sit down and watch this series. I know. I'm so pumped. I'm so so pumped. Uh, I do feel like this series is going to go seven as well. At least I hope so because I've got tickets to Game Six. <laughs> So if they if they could go at least six games, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I do think this is going to be a tough series. Uh, mm. I, I actually went when they played last year. I was at one of the conference finals games. Uh, of course, Celtics won, but it was it was tough. Like these guys are out there, and this is what what it boils down to in the end. I mean, these are just everybody giving their best till the very end. So I'm really, right. I'm really excited. I want to see. And I think you're right about JB. I think that guy is just completely overlooked a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. I think he's an amazing player, which we talked about. If he ends up at Houston, yeah. I'll watch him in Houston. He's a he's an amazing player. So, Speaking of Houston, like we talked about last podcast, they said he's out looking. So I think there's some trouble in Philly uh, for people who haven't been following or have been following. has uh, a pretty – Nasty scene. I wouldn't say nasty, but it was it was a little ugly in the interview. It's kind of uh, you know the question where I asked Harden, "What's his relationship like? How do you feel about Blair for Doctor?" He was just saying the relationship was okay. It was kind of a cold shoulder situation. So mm-hmm. I think, he even did the side yeah, eye. Like he gave, he gave he the even, side eye when he said, "Okay." <laughs> and he even declined his thirty six point five million dollar option. So now it's it, it gets up there because at this point. You got guys saying it's a process dead. It's, it's, it's time to move on from that. Doesn't B stay? Doesn't B go? Harden stay? You know, rumors out there he wants to join Phoenix. Rumors out there he wants to go back to Houston. What do you think is going to be the next landing destination for him? Do you work it out in Philly? Do you wait for a new head coach? What do you do? I heard a rumor. If you're hard, if you're hard, if you're hard for sure. Yeah, if you're high. I, I heard a rumor, and I can't say who I heard it from. Can't give up my sources, but I heard a rumor that he's actually mm. looking towards Vegas. I don't know, though. Who knows? Who knows? I, I think 
I think even when he was with New York last season, obviously you could see that uh, there wasn't a great chemistry between him and the team and the coach and what was going on over there. So uh, maybe maybe he just needs to find wherever he feels his chemistry is because it wasn't, wasn't with the Sixers, clearly. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I think it's I think it's more so just for him it's about competing at this point. Um it's tough. It's tough to watch the game seven. You know, obviously you're a Celtics fan, but to see them not be able to close out game six and then yeah. turn around in game seven and you give obviously a good team a chance to come back at home and close it out, it's always gonna be more hard to okay. win on more difficult to win on the road more than anything. So that's yeah. just uh, an ugly thing going right now. And even even with, you know, him just wanting to compete, you know, you, you can't do it alone. You, you still have to have that chemistry and, and some of the magic that comes from everybody, including your coach. And you can't feel like there's one person that's left out or maybe even a cancer growing or whatever that situation is. You know, even yeah. even when I worked in Major League Soccer, I can't tell you how many times we went through coaches and if things were off and things just weren't gelling. So you could have hired the best players in the world who performed amazingly well for years and all of a sudden they get with the wrong people and the wrong coach and there's nothing there it's dead air so who knows james had a great season though he really did i just wish it would have ended well kind of those things that follow him with game seven scenarios and situations and i've seen a, a stat that was somebody put it out i think it was bleacher report it was four quarter points and, you know, elimination game, and it was him with zero points, and it was Ben Simmons with two points. And when you see a stat like that, it's kind of alarming. Uh, just in that game alone, when, you know, in that series, yeah. what they were talking about compared to the year before, two years before now with Ben Simmons. So I just thought at times it was just he got more passive than uh, aggressive, but can't really speak for him. Don't really know the situation or what's going on. Um, right. Good guy. So I just hope the best for him at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of team chemistry, I think we were just talking about this this morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Coach Steve Kerr has said, you know, as their season ended, you know, he, he how strongly he feels about Draymond Green coming back, and that he doesn't feel that they're going to have a great team without him. And as much as I love to hate Draymond Green, I agree with that. But then he also mentioned that the incident from last October could have definitely have clouded the the way that their season went, which I want to say for the record, when we did a podcast in October, right after the incident with Jordan Poole, I did mm-hmm. say, I guarantee this is going to make a very murky season. That's going to be Absolutely. tough to kind of cross over that path. And Jamon Green admitted just this morning, like he knows that that situation definitely put a damper on their season. So. I mean, for, for sure. It put a damper on the season because here's a guy who him and Jordan Poole have really great chemistry. If I'm not mistaken, I heard their lockers are right next to each other. So you kind of take account of all those things. And, you know, he had a pie in his podcast. He said how teammates are coming up to him, talking about Jordan Poole's talking this much trash. And Jordan was like, I love it. Like, they, they just kind of had these good things going with each other. And then a situation like that happens. I think it got worse like a lot of other people have stated, because it got out. And yeah. to this day, it's a shame that that got leaked. You, I guess we'll never find out who or if they never figured out who. Right. But from my, my personal perspective, it had to be somebody from inside because there's no way somebody from the outside got that out. So I don't know what the what the plans were there, what they were thinking or anything mm-hmm. in that nature, but 
I just know that, like I said in our last uh, podcast, we had this past, you know, a couple of days ago. Without Draymond, I just think is like you said, we don't win championships, or we're not a championship contending team without him. Just his leadership, because you have to have that leader. Like Steph is more of a I lead by example. If I have to step out and, and say something, I will. But Draymond's that like no matter what, I'm loud all the time with my leadership, and I'm talking to because that's the type of leader I am. So there's are those who those who do by example, and then those who are talk and also do by example. Like Draymond's obviously not a a Steph. Like he's not going to go. He's not the focal point. He's not a unanimous MVP. He's not none of these things. But like we talked about, his resume so three time defensive player of the year. He still knows what he's talking about. He's one of the guys, only guys in the league to have triple doubles without points, like without getting it in points. So that's ridiculous mm-hmm. if you think about the stat in itself. Just the way he can impact the game in so many ways, he changed the way that people play small ball. Like they literally go to the state, literally changed the way the game is played today between shooting from half court, shooting the first shot across the court, from deep threes, anything in that nature. And then Draymond literally being able to guard the one, the two, the three, the four, the five. And being in that small ball lineup, you know, back in the 2015 when they had to run, it was just, it was a tough, it was a tough outing for anybody. And then they added KD and it just got even more ridiculous. So, but even with that said, you add KD, still no Draymond. I I still don't believe that they win any of those championships without him. So I agree with Steve Kerr. I don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to make things work. I don't know. There's rumors that people are saying you should trade Jordan Poole. I don't know. Clay's due for an extension. They want Clay to take a pay cut. I think there's a lot of wrinkles that they got to work out over there. I don't know how they're going to work it out. I know they're going to find a way to make things work because they always do it. They're one of the world-class organizations in the league. Uh, So everybody has the utmost respect for them when it comes to things like that. They always treat their players right, families, everything. So I don't know which way way you take if you're the front office. Is it we bring Draymond back, we let Jordan Poole go, we trade him, do we we can, can we convince Clay to take a, a pay cut? I think there's just so many different things you got to tackle at once. I'm not sure how you're going to handle all those options, but that's why I'm not in the front office. So. Right? <laughs> you don't um, have to stress over it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to make that decision. I don't. No, uh, no, I. So, uh, no, go ahead. I think I think Steve Kerr is an amaz- amazing leader and coach mm-hmm. as well. I think since he took mm-hmm. over and what. Um, 2014 I think uh I think he's just amazing like I I think he'll handle it well whoever whoever they decide to keep uh send out whoever it is I'm sure he'll find a way to rebuild some of that magic he's good at that so he's proved that yeah he's good at that yeah absolutely 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 I believe I believe he'll figure it out um just uh, switch topics a little bit the biggest news in the league right now the controversy is the job situation <laughs> first, oh. first, I oh. want to get your intake on it because honestly, a lot of times I don't like comment on other people's situation, but when there's a situation that comes up like this, it's kind of hard for you not to say. Um, you know what? I, 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 I seen all the memes and the jokes from Barstool Sports, and I don't know <laughs> Snoop Dogg even. Like I just saw it all. And, and, and it's funny that we're making jokes, but it's not, because I also saw a commentator say, why, this kid is 23, why are we punishing him? He didn't actually break a law. No, this is true. He technically didn't break a law, but here's my stance on it. When you have a platform the way that he does, right, and you have mm-hmm. all, all these young people looking up to you, I think it's your responsibility 
to treat that responsibly. And I think that you are sending a very improper and incorrect message by waving a gun around more than once <laughs> to the people that look up to you, including those young young uh, athletes, those young kids, those everybody. That's your platform. And it's not that you're not allowed to be who you are, but you still have to treat social media with some sort of respect when you have a platform, period. And I think, mm-hmm. I think just with that, that's, I think it was irresponsible. I think it was stupid. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> that's just me. What are your thoughts? Uh, I try to look at it from all angles. Uh, this dude is obviously an unbelievable talent, amazing athlete. I think, you know, when you sign these type of contracts and these leagues are investing in you, then you become one of the new young faces of the league. Nike signs you, you get a power rate, that you get this, you get that. Mm-hmm. I think it does come with a lot of responsibilities, and sometimes a lot of responsibilities that guys don't ask for. This 23-year-old, um, obviously, he's got a lot to learn. Like, you know, a commentator stated, uh, well, I think it was J.J. Reddick stated, like, he didn't break any laws, and I do agree with that because no law was broken. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, I watch the company you keep. Uh, honestly, I think it was kind of a bad situation in the scenario either way it went because it wasn't even about the company he was keeping at that point in the video. I think at the end of the day, he's a grown man. He's going to do what he wants to do. But it, honestly, the guy who was recording is getting most of the heat when he was the one that it, – it's he was the one that was recording before the whole gun got flashed. So it wasn't like – it was a scenario where Ja got set up. It was literally a scenario where I'm with my boys. We in the car this day and age, IG live. Everybody wants to be on social media. We record. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the car with my friends, you know, recording this and the third, or, you know, we're just out having a good time. But I think for Ja, I think it was just the wrong move in the wrong time, especially coming off of what you're coming off of in the suspension. You missed 40 some million dollars by not making an all NBA team. He can possibly lose some of these endorsement deals. Uh, then it, it backfires. It's also a trickle effect to everything that's been going on for you from the yeah. incident that you have with the guy at Foot Locker where the thing happened with his mom. It was I, I saw a lot about that. And you mm-hmm. turn around and have the incident where you and your friend, they say you and your friend beat this guy up, 17-year-old guy. He said you flashed a gun. So it's, it's a lot of things that I feel like is going to come back to haunt you if you don't correct it now. I honestly... I don't know if laying down a law on Jot is the right thing to do. I do believe he needs to learn from these things, and I do believe that it doesn't need to be taken lightly because that's not what I'm saying at all. But for you know them to go out and say that we're going to kind of throw the book at him, I, I don't know. I do understand. I get it. He's a role model to kids. People look up to him, and that's just who he is to people. He didn't ask for that, but that's what he became when he stepped into that spotlight. And like I said earlier, some guys don't understand that. Some guys don't even want that. So when that label gets put on them that they didn't even ask for just because they want to hoop and play ball, that's not always going through their head. They just want to still be themselves or be who they, you know, who they are or how they grew up. So I believe it's a tricky situation. I believe it can go either way, um, depending on how you look at it. Do I agree with it? No. Am I completely against him? for wanting to carry because of who he is. I mean, we don't live their lives. We don't know. I mean, I'm an athlete, but I haven't been an athlete to that stature. So to be where he is in his position, you don't know what's going on. Obviously the company you keep, maybe that is a little 
into it as well. You can dive into so many angles, but at the end of the day, it's right. how much more can we help help him? Because this is a guy that, if we're being honest, Nike cut Kyrie for him <laughs> in his whole scenario and situation that they had going on. So, right, I think this is something that needs to get fixed. So, yeah. That was excellently put. Very well put. I think a lot of times people overlook what it's actually like to be that person. Nobody thinks about that. People don't think about that. They just think about what looks wrong or what looks right without considering the actual human being involved. So exactly. Excellent point. I want to, I want to get your input on these coaches that have been getting fired. (laughs) I mean, what do you think? Obviously, we talked about it a little bit uh, for when we were talking about our ideas. I kind of seen the doc one coming, um, but yeah. I still think that when you're firing championship coaches are good caliber coaches, yeah. especially like Mike Budenholzer, Monty Williams. Like, right. I think yeah. these are some rough ones. Uh, I think the Monty one is a little tricky because when he was a guy who had the team that had a team chemistry the young guys, yeah, they got blown out, you know, by the Mavs on their own, on home court. But then you yeah. also come back and add more offensive power, but don't have enough depth. And then the turnaround is the same thing a few years later or the next year. So, yeah, it's kind of hard for his situation. Then you see Doc's situation. So, kind of give me your mm. perspective on how you see those things going for those two. I, I, I think, I think, what is it? We're going to have what six six coaching positions open now. Um, yeah, I think, I think what is there's six holes now. Um, I think, uh, they interviewed Spolstra and I, I think he basically said, you know, these coaches know the risk that they're taking and they know that this is a very real possibility for them to either have one year, two or three with a team. And, you know, you look at guys like Spolstra who, who maybe, done some great things, but hasn't maybe done what someone like Steve Kerr did. And yet he has one of the, I think the second uh, running uh, the second longest running career with the one single team. And he knows what it looks like for other coaches out there. And I think he said it best, like doc rivers is like a, he's a hall of famer. Like <laughs> and it didn't matter. Right. You got, you got the shot. Now get out. Like you're done. You got to go mm-hmm. on and, and you got to think, okay, but you know, Spolstra also had a point to this and I really liked how he, how he put this. He said, you know, it's hard to build a good team and lots of chemistry. If you have to get replaced every year, if you have to start from scratch every year, like that's very hard to, to continue to build something. So, you know, you look at guys like Steve Kerr and and Spolstra who have gotten to stay with these teams for years and they've had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to actually be a part of something and build it. So I don't know. I think that's really rough. Um, that is tough. What are your thoughts? I think we're in such a win-now culture in today's sports that it makes it harder. Obviously, just like we signed up for the job, and if we don't perform, heck, we get cut or we get traded. So I think you're honestly starting to see that with coaches, but I still think at the end of the day that that's something, like you said, that it has to be built. Chemistry has to be built. And, you know, in time, hopefully what you guys have done in the previous years were stepping stones to something greater. And I think yeah. that's the only way you can find out. So for Doc, yeah. it's tough because he's been coaching for so long. He's had great teams, and they just haven't really gotten over the humps. They've had some. He's had some heartbreaking losses. I think I've seen a stat where he said he had like ten game seven losses. Um, for for Mike Budenholzer, obviously it's uh, tough when you win a championship and then you turn around to lose. Right. So eight C two years later, I don't know. 
Uh, me personally, I'm not a fan of the Blue Hoser fire or the Monty Williams fire personally, but I get why people yeah. are doing it. It's a business. And once you understand right. the business, then you won't be shocked. <clears throat> You'll understand it more, but you won't be as shocked as you would be if somebody who's not trying to understand the business or has been around the business. So I will, yeah. I will get my intake on that, but I just hope that it can continue to be a, let these people develop with their guys, with the team and go from there. So I don't want to say too much. I'm still in my playing days. So <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and leave it at that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You should probably step on the uh, the other side of non, non-political views and <laughs> I can do them, but you can't. <laughs> right. No, excellent point though. Excellent point. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens. I I've actually seen it unfold that way. And I, <laughs> I don't know if I just never noticed, uh, when I worked in MLS, you saw coaches get switched out nonstop. And I thought, wow, like major yeah. league soccer is really tough. And then it started happening with the NFL mm-hmm. or I had just mm-hmm. noticed that I'm like, man, NFL does that too. Like if you have a bad year, you're out, done, move on. And um, yeah. I think it's just the way it goes. And again, you get paid enough for one year. If, if, if maybe you're not producing enough, it's up to the owner. Absolutely. Just do what you got to do and the GM. So, yeah. I, I, I totally yeah. agree. I just, I just think it's it's crazy. I guess, like I said, for me, actually being a player and being a part of it both ways is it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I see it both ways and I understand it. So yeah. I'm just going to show you that it doesn't matter if you're a Hall of Famer first year, been there, done that type of person. Everybody's got to kind of go through the same type of situations and deal with the same type of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight's the, the first game, game one with Celtics and Heat. Mm-hmm. What do you have? Uh, what, what do you have the score sitting at? Because this will come out tomorrow, so the game will have been out, and now we'll know. But I already have something in mind, how I see the score rolling, but what do you see happening? Uh, I'm the type, like, I'll say low-scoring game, and then they'll end up being punches thrown, and then next thing you know, we got a heavyweight fight, and it's uh, mid-hundreds. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm honestly, I'm probably going to go, I'll probably go, like, 97 to 90 or like somewhere in that range. I think think it'll be a close game. I think it's going to be a defensive-minded game. Obviously, you know, the Celtics have been known for that for most of the year. And that's one thing that they've been established over the last two years is being defensive-minded. You obviously know what you're getting with Spolstra and the Miami Heat culture. So I think this is going to be two kind of heavyweights going at it and Obviously, who has the better offense or whose defense doesn't break down. And when a going gets rough, you know, who can pick back up where they left off? I think that's going to be the biggest thing is basketball is a game of runs. It's always been that way. So when things are going and adversity is hitting, you know, who's going to respond? Who's going to step up and make those plays? Who's going to step up and be the person to make the next rotation and just keep going even when you got great shot makers making tough shots? Because you can do everything right. A guy like Jesse Tedham was 6'9", almost 6'10", just a step back, and it's – Tip your hat to that. JB shoots a step back or it's just, it, things can happen. So I think it's just going to depend on whoever sticks to their principles, sticks to the rules, and <laughs> follows their game plan the best. And obviously putting the ball in the hole is the biggest thing. So those, <laughs> yeah. those, things, will, those things will help you control the game a little bit more. <laughs> Amen. I, I hope that the guy in the Celtics are still coming off the uh, that cloud that they were on the other night. So I'm going to go with Celtics 112, Heat 109. I've already written it down. I'm going to prove it. <laughs> That's what I say for them. <laughs> 112, 109. I'll, say, I'll, 
I'll stick with my 9790. I'll take I know that's a weird score, but I'm I'm leaving it in that range. I just I honestly feel like this first game is kind of gonna be a slugfest to give us a preview of what the series is gonna be like. So I'm gonna stick in that range and I'm gonna take I'll take the Celtics for game one in Boston. I like the Celtics for game one. All right. Yay! <laughs> You're on my side today. <laughs> I like to set this for game one. I give, I give him that for sure. I think it'll be I think it'll be a great series. Perfect. All right. I I don't, I don't think I have anything else. Uh, Do you have any? Yeah. I think we oh we just found out who's gonna get the number one pick. Oh, I know. Personally. Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, I'll, get, I'll let you tell me what do you think of this kid, Victor Wimbiana, and also how do you think it plays out by him getting to San Antonio? It's honestly unbelievable how this thing worked out for him, but that's something we'll get into yeah. soon. But tell me your opinion and how you feel about it. Wimby, I, I saw the interview where he was like, I'm coming after a ring. Like, I want one right now. I'm going to I'm gonna work. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to bring some fun, right? I think the Spurs, yeah. the Spurs obviously had a luck of the draw. It's like watching it on TV. I'm like, they just, just it really was a lottery. Like, oh, yay, we win. Oh, uh, so, yeah. So, I don't know. I think uh, I think Wimby's a cool kid. I think he's going to produce some some good things. Uh, whether he's that great year one, we'll see. It would be cool, though, I mean, mm-hmm. to see somebody come out come out of the pocket like that year one. But what are your thoughts on him? Basketball is a small world. And that being said, I <laughs> uh, actually got, got the pleasure and the competitive spirit and edge to play against Wimby this year. Uh, being Did over here in really? France is the first year. Yeah, so we beat them the first game. They beat us. They beat us the second game. First time I spent all game looking up to a player. I, I will admit that kid is just unbelievably tall, seven five. And when he walked in the gym, it just it didn't seem it didn't seem real. Like like LeBron him say like an alien. Like it just does not seem real. Some of the things he do, the way he moves, the way he you know has the pace for the game at that size. Um, yeah. I do think in the NBA he will be. A lot more effective. I mean, he comes over here and walks into 20 and 15. Dude's 7-5. There's nothing you're going to do about it. So, <laughs> we knew that. I think a lot of people seen him play against Monaco. He shot out from the wing. Missed his own three-pointer, ran in and put back down. Doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> you, nobody's ever made that play. So, I think just playing against him uh, and knowing a guy who was on their team that uh, I was able to talk to about him a little bit. And he was just kind of telling us how, like, guy's just ready. Like, he's a, yeah. he's a kid just, like, he does all everything he's supposed to do. And he has all his ducks in a row. So, I'm excited to see, obviously, playing against him and being matched up against him. Uh, it was uh, really fun. It was a lot of fun to do, go against mm-hmm. the number one draft prospect. Obviously, it's a unanimous number one pick. I think we all know that for sure. So, yeah. uh, I'm excited to see his journey because I know the kid can do some incredible things, some amazing things. And, with this guy giving talent, I think he's going to be a good fit in the league. I do think uh, he'll hit the ground running. He's going to struggle a little bit uh, to get used to it. But honestly, it seemed like when he played against the G League at night team, it was kind of like clockwork. So who, who knows? I think it can go 50-50. Obviously, I, I hope that he stays healthy and he has a chance. Playing in you know, San Antonio, playing for Greg Popovich, having that that French connection with you know Tony Parker, Boris Diaw, those guys, and then He's kind of following in the big footsteps of their number one picks with David Robinson, Tim Duncan. I think 
the Spurs got him another one, and I hope they can build around him because he's going to be he's going to be really good, you know, for years yeah. to come. That'll be exciting. Yeah, big time fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. You guys, thank you so much for joining us for another week of Sports and Ish with Misty E and Vince Edwards. It's been so much fun discussing these NBA conference finals. We have so much more coming up. You can find us on every single podcast platform, including Apple and Spotify, and our YouTube channel, Sports and Ish. You can rate, review us, leave us comments. We love that stuff. So send us your feedback. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks.